NBA season starting. Pleased to be joined by the Executive Vice President of Basketball Operations, Dennis Lindsay, on Roundball Roundup on utahjazz.com. I'm JP Chunga, joined by Aaron Falk. Thank you so much for taking the time. Want to start here. You had a Sam Hunt country music song title for the offseason. What would it be? Uh, boy, I've the Sam Hunt reference kind of cornered me, um, JP. Uh, so there's actually uh, a country and western song by Luke Bryant. Um, Most people are good. I don't know if you guys have listened to that before, but it's an excellent song with a with a great theme. And uh, there's a line in there. I I'm not, I won't do the line justice, uh, meaning giving it to you verbatim, but it essentially uh, the days are long and the years fly by. And that <clears throat> happens in two aspects, at least in the Lindsay's life, uh, child rearing and NBA basketball, where these days, especially to cram uh, for the 2021 season are quite long, but every, and every, really every year feels that way. But the years really fly by. I think I'm on year 25, 26. Uh, my oldest, uh, my wife was pregnant uh, in 1996 when we joined the Rockets, and it's it's gone by like that, guys. I thought he was going to go hard to forget by Sam Hunt because it is a hard to forget type of uh, off season, and you have the double meaning bringing back Derek Favors. He's hard to forget. I, I'd be fine with that, but the the last reference with Woj was Sam Hunt, you know, on break up in a small town. So we'll go, we'll we'll, we'll give uh, someone else uh, a little love now. You give me Jason Isbell, last of my kind. So this coronavirus COVID season will be the last of its kind, and we can get back to normal after this. Yeah, we've we're blessed to be in the business, guys, that we're in. Um, um, you know, we're really grateful for for Disney and ABC ESPN and the TV contract that that grounds our league uh, and hopefully we can moving forward follow evidence-based medicine the vaccinations will work uh, everybody will do a better job with masking and socially uh, distance but there's going to be certainly um, some new norms moving forward and Hopefully, uh, the Jazz as an organization and as a team can set some good examples for our community. Well, looking at the community, you were able to bring and keep a couple, two cornerstones for the franchise, Rudy and Donovan. Where does this put the future of the franchise with these two guys locked down with extensions over this offseason? On stable ground. On stable ground. Look, we said many times we're looking uh, for players with the physical talent and the competitive makeup and the character that Rudy and, and Donovan have. And so to be able to keep them uh, in the organization for the foreseeable future, it's tough in any market, but as you guys know, uh, in particular in a, in a non-glamour market. So a lot of effort has gone in these last eight years. Uh, a lot of credit goes to Quinn Snyder, Mike Elliott. Uh, those are the departments that touch the players on a day-to-day basis. Anthony Zamora as an example in our food and nutrition area. Uh, and so the fact that 
not only that uh, Rudy and Donovan wanted to stay, but Derek wanted to come back. Jordan Clarkson wanted to come back uh, when he had larger markets chasing him. We, we felt like it was a good offseason and a little bit of a testament to the culture that we've built and trying to maintain moving forward. Let's stick with Rudy just for a, a little bit. He gravitated toward the fan base with that great letter that he, he put out uh, when he signed that extension. What was the process? Take me back to drafting Rudy and, and what impressed you in seeing a guy that was a beanpole to what he's looking like now, which is the Greek God status that he's gotten just with his body and just the transformation that he's gone in this league. Well, we had good fortune and I had good fortune to see Rudy live. Uh, I think I saw him once uh, in Germany at the Albert Schweitzer game, saw him with his club team in Chole. Uh, and then we had him in a workout here that made our decision more definitive, if you will, guys, uh, moving into that draft that we wanted to uh, complete that draft with Rudy Gobert uh, in tow. Uh, the physical tools are quite obvious, as you guys uh, can see and now have witnessed the development. And his effort and his intent, uh, really his heart towards basketball, was really pure and competitive. Um, he was working, uh, like the night before uh, we worked him out here, uh, he came up on his own to shoot, as some prospects do, and working really hard and intently. But um, some of his self-directed drills, you know, we've subsequently changed. And Alex Jensen has, as an example, done a very good job with his skill development. Our health performance team and Rudy have done a terrific job with his body. If you were to set a picture of the day that Rudy's press conference was here and now, uh, his development is, is unique. And he has great pride in his body, and he understands that his body uh, is his meal ticket for he and his family. So not only is he continuing to improve, he's healthy, knock on wood at this stage. And we think he's the preeminent defender in the league, and we look forward to him not only anchoring our defense, but also creating special gravity on the roll, uh, the vertical spacing. Everybody knows about the screen assist, even though it sounds like some people are tired of us talking about it. But the reality is that Rudy does get uh, his teammates open, open uh, more and for a longer period of time than the average screener. So that coupled with Quinn's philosophy that we have a pick and roll offense and the half court fits really well. So. It was, it's been amazing to see his progression uh, as a player and as a person. And so we've taken great pride. And, uh, and we really look forward. We, we, uh, like we were able to get Joe Ingles better at 27. Uh, continued improvement doesn't stop uh, when you're a 19 to 20-year-old draftee. We, we believe in continual improvement. It's a bedrock to our program, so we're really happy to participate with, in Rudy's career moving forward. Dennis, what else do you recall from that workout, and, and how important is a, is a pre-draft workout? Because I remember the late Flip Saunders telling reporters a while back that you know, one of the reasons in, in Minnesota's decision to maybe overlook Rudy is he went up against Steven Adams, who was at that point you know, different physically in his maturation, and, and they just you know, 
that that was maybe a, a, a major factor and then you know going in a different direction yeah so I'll, I'll hold what we do close to the vest but we've tried to work really hard uh, at approximating what happens in an NBA game it's really tough to do I think Rudy's setting was a two-on-two setting now uh, now there's a three-on-three setting so you can closer approximate uh, a workout um, and compare it to actually what happens on the court but uh, there were a few things that he did in the workout that overwhelmed us in a positive way you know like I had a few guys that had their board and Rudy was I'm, I'm, I could uh, not uh, accurately remember but let's just say uh, they were had him in the mid-teens and based upon the overwhelming workout that he had and, and look a workout is a workout it's not the end-all be-all but we did approximate a really good workout that was really important in the evaluation piece and I, I think I had two guys that moved him from the from the teens uh, in their rankings to uh, a lottery and a, a mid early lottery pick it was that overwhelming and um, so yeah um, that stands out Aaron there, you know there was still when I went to see him at Cholet uh, a guy that is that tall that long and that had a really good movement profile and that was really intent on competing it, it, it struck a nerve so it, there wasn't like uh, we had I had to change anybody's minds going into the workout what the workout allowed us to do is to be that more confident that we needed to figure out a way to secure his rights moving forward was there a moment in a NBA game where you realize Rudy would be defensive player of the year he he has potential to be all NBA and all-star uh, those type of accolades that he would eventually get. Was there a moment in a game that it all crystallized for you? So, so there, there were a couple of moments, believe it or not, uh, early on his rookie training camp. We actually had Carl Malone come in and uh, consult with us in that camp. And after, I think it was the third practice, Carl came over to me. I noticed the same thing, but it was interesting, unsolicited. Carl came over to me and said, you guys have something in Rudy. So I didn't want, again, lead him with any questions. I was like, Carl, tell me what you think. And it's like, Dennis, he just has heart. I said, he said, right now he's getting the spots late and he's not strong enough. He's getting slung around in the post. But uh, his fight back uh, and his care factor, he's like, and then he's just inordinately long. And so Carl uh, had a little bit of a crystal ball there. Um, there was a preseason game, I believe, in Anaheim, his rookie year, that maybe it was 19 and 13, where there are a few plays where it's like, that's going to carry over. I remember seeing that live. Uh, there was uh, significant dominance. Uh, in the G League at the time, we didn't have uh, we didn't own the G League affiliate, so we assigned him. Rudy's still mad at me for assigning him twice to Bakersfield, but we needed to get him minutes, and he didn't play well in Bakersfield. He dominated, and the thing that carries over, uh, in our opinion, from the G League uh, to the bigs, 
is is your is your role that you're performing in the G League going to be a one-to-one role once you hit the NBA? So think about it: uh, pr- presence at the rim, shot blocking, uh, defensive rebounding, um, ability to do all of that without fouling, uh, screening, uh, rolling, creating vertical space, half roll, uh, swing to the weak side. Uh, two versus one, he was doing that very well. And what it allowed us to do is like really look at him and say, you know, this is this is working, this is applying. Then a few things happen. Uh, the World Championships, the summer that we hired Quinn, uh, where France and Rudy made a very good account for themselves. Um, there were quite a few calls that we got from teams before Rudy got playing time his second year, and we just said, hey, look, guys, we know what we have. We're not moving him. And, um, and then, obviously, uh, I believe Derek got hurt Rudy's second year, so it gave us a steady diet of rotation minutes, and we subsequently made the decisions that we made that trade deadline uh, to allow Rudy to become our starter and really anchor our defense. And, and then um, just over time, uh, our defensive uh, per 100 rating was unique when he was on. So there were, there were a lot of bites at the apple, if you will, guys, that led us to the conclusion that we have someone that's very special. Looking at the other moves in the offseason, obviously re-upping with Jordan Clarkson as a six-man-of-the-year candidate, how he transformed the offense once he was traded here from Cleveland. What made it appealing for him to rejoin the Jazz and what convinced him after that time that he was able to spend post-holidays last year with this team that made it a good fit? So a few things that are always fundamental. Winning, um, economics, um, are we going to be able to pay market or above market um, uh, the culture uh, that we've put together here, uh, Quinn's relationship with Jordan, uh, Quinn rubber stamping Jordan immediately, um, and Jordan's mindset that he wanted to move away from bench score to, uh, in my opinion, more, not that he isn't that, he's that in spades, but a more well-rounded player that can defend, uh, that can move the ball. Um, that was a, a serious worker. That was the thing that we were uh, uh, very pleasantly surprised is that Jordan can play basketball all day. So his capacity for work, just the energy that he goes at, at practice is, is at a really high level. And he's a serious player. Look, if you come into this club and you got Joe Ingles judging everything and everybody in a good way, uh, Rudy Gobert has a high bar of how you need to compete. Donovan Mitchell, uh, it speaks for itself. Mike Conley, serious pro. Boyan Bogdanovich, serious pro. If you, if you get someone that just wants to ball as opposed to really compete, they just wouldn't fit well here. And not only did Jordan fit well here, he really started to connect our group uh, with his humor, um, uh, with... Uh, the type of person that he is. You heard Joe Ingles talk about how great of a teammate uh, Jordan is. And so it really was um, a marriage that, that really, really worked. And we wanted him back and 
he's age appropriate with Donovan and Rudy moving forward and he's a walking bucket and again we think we can get him better uh, he had a uh, John Beeline and Jordan really cleaned up his shot profile in Cleveland and then we've we think that we've doubled down on on Jordan's approach towards his offense and uh, the way teams were guarding Rudy um, were a lot of bigs were playing uh, below Rudy so he wouldn't get the lob. There creates a pocket in the lane and you have to have a really good handle, uh, uh, really good balance and footwork. And then to complete the plays that you need to complete in the lane, you need to have an array of shots. And all those uh, characteristics I just kind of laid out, Jordan has those in spades. So not only are we an excellent fit for Jordan, but Jordan's an excellent fit for us. Uh, and so we, we couldn't be more happy. I think after we made the trade, guys, on December 23rd, uh, if you throw out some of the seeding games in the bubble that we were playing some of our younger guys, um, we had uh, the number one offense in the league. And then in the playoffs, we continued with the number one offense in the playoffs as well. And Jordan was a big piece of that. The fit that keeps on fitting, Derek Favors, he comes back. It looks like he's seamlessly back into the group. What made his comeback a reality, and how is he adjusting so far when it comes to preseason? Well, we never wanted to, for Derek to leave. Uh, we've worked with Derek and his agent on a couple of contracts. Uh, when we were able to get Derek, his contract going into last season was non-guaranteed, and we got him a good home in New Orleans. I think Wallace and Derek appreciated that we deferred to where he wanted to go, and New Orleans was the place. So uh, that was helpful in a reunion. Uh, Quinn's relationship with Derek uh, over the years has got uh, quite close. We Again, we never really wanted to lose him, but we needed to add a skill component, specifically Mike and Boyan, and there was just only so many ways to do that uh, underneath uh, salary cap rules. Uh, and then it became apparent that we wanted him back and he wanted to be back. Um, it, there's been much talked about as an example that you can't play successful NBA basketball with Rudy and Derek. And fortunately for us, the evidence uh, couldn't be further from the truth. I think plus eight, plus six, plus six uh, over a three-year basis where we played what we call big, big lineups. And there are a few lineups uh, that we will face uh, this season and hopefully in the playoffs where we want that kind of length and size and physicality. What Derek and Rudy in tandem allowed us to do is take care of the rim, take care of the defensive glass. And then Quinn's made some adjustments where we're playing earlier in the clock. Um, and uh, certainly the spacing uh, mid to late clock isn't uh, uh, current NBA spacing, but Derek and his intuitiveness and his knowing how to play really makes it work. So those interior passes on the offensive end, on the defensive end, Derek is a natural defender. Derek has graded out uh, really well on a multi-year basis just on position defense before you ever get to his physical characteristics. So again, we had proof of concept that it could work inside of situational big, big lineups and that Derek could be an excellent backup center for. So we couldn't be more pleased to have him back in the program. Dennis, it's a, an abbreviated you know, training camp and, and preseason, but what have you seen from your rookies and, and you know, 
your second year players and and um, just as a follow up, what if what will be the importance of, of that depth in, in such a strange and kind of you know what we can predict to be an unpredictable year? Yeah, so it's a tough set of circumstance for every rookie that um, has touched the league. Aaron, you know how we do it. We have uh, Utah Jazz Summer League training camp, Utah Jazz uh, Summer League, uh, Las Vegas Summer League, OTA. So if I were to guess, there's probably 40 to 60 touches on rookies that we typically get in an off season and those things aren't happening. So to understand a, pros, uh, a, a, a draftee's body uh, is quite nuanced. Uh, our system uh, has a lot of verbiage to it. Uh, expectations on how you work and comport yourself, really important to set those standards early on so we really missed all that luckily uh, with the three rookies that we have they're all serious kids uh, in coming from really good programs and uh, we get to see them in individual settings in scrimmage settings and the public you know has got a small glimpse at each of our three rookies um, that are in training camp right now I should say that uh, you know, they've showed early signs. Uh, Trent uh, does a really good job with his size defensively, and his size allows him to get in the paint and uh, see different angles, in particular the lob pass. So we're really excited about Trent Forrest. Uh, Elijah Hughes um, is a 6'6", 225-pound two-guard. Syracuse did an excellent job with his development, and we're really excited about him. We need to uh, speed up, you know, his defensive experience, but we've liked what we've seen. Uh, I, you know, I, I'm witnessing someone that's a serious pro uh, already, and so he's already taken to some of our concepts defensively. And then Yudoka's just an amazing uh, prospect from a physical characteristic standpoint. He's quite competitive. He drove the best defense on the best team in the NCAAs last year. I think Kim Palm had them as a 20% chance to be the NCAA champion, which was by far uh, the leader. Um, he does a really good job inside of our schemes of not letting the offense get behind him. And then like Rudy and Derek, he provides uh, a good screen and roll partner and vertical spacing. He doesn't have all of Rudy and Derek's experience on coming up and approaching the screen and flipping the screen and a slip out, a delayed roll you know, all those things. So we're just going to have to teach him uh, in regards to all the nuance that goes into our uh, screen and roll, but he's intently uh, working and all those guys will provide uh, defensive depth. Obviously there's a theme behind all of our acquisitions. We wanted to have positional size uh, and positional size uh, and with some depth uh, with it as well. So we're, we're really excited about all three of our rookies. Where does it put you in the landscape of a Western Conference that just seemingly every single year is as tough as any? Yeah, that's so. That's our cross to bear, guys. Real. I bet there's a country song that has something to say about that. It, look, you know, if you can, if you can be a, uh, a formidable team in the Western Conference, by definition, it makes you a contender. Um, we're one that. We want to be process-oriented. We want to create championship habits on a day-to-day -day basis with our expectations, 
our work. Uh, we want to, uh, even though we have a formidable team, we, we want to be a humble team. Uh, there's no trophies won in December uh, of this year, um, but we think that we have a team that uh, can be quite unique offensively, uh, like we were last year after the Jordan Clarkson trade. We think we've uh, added some defensive size and helped develop uh, some uh, some defensive size. Uh, our second-year players, Mieoni, Jarrell Brantley, Juwan Morgan, all have individual integrity uh, defensively. So we're we're really anxious to to start competing and learn ourselves and we're very confident you know moving into this season but as you mentioned the western conference is formidable uh it will tell us the truth on where we're at and then uh and hopefully you know hopefully we can make a good account for ourselves guys want to bring up just as we are starting to wrap up another rudy in your life rudy tomjanovich elected to the to the hall of fame one guy that you were lobbying for wanted to see to get there something that uh, if we're being honest, it was just a matter of when, not if. A champion as a as a coach, uh, all star as a player. How has he influenced you, and how did you take the news that finally he would get that call for the hall? Yeah, so uh, Tim Frank, uh, the head VP of PR in the league, who was our, our director of PR with the Rockets when I started in '96, and all of us that really worked under. Rudy just we knew what a great person he was and five-time all-star two-time uh, champion NBA champion as head coach uh, Olympic head coach uh, gold medal uh, replacement players they had in the world championships and he got a bronze medal that might have arguably been his best coaching job um, and just uh, just a terrific person that has influenced us in so many ways. And for me, there's uh, a few things that stand out about him. Uh, for a guy that was everybody's All-American and second pick in the draft and five-time All-Star and world championship coach, he, his humility uh, really always struck a nerve. The, the media award uh, for coaches that are most media friendly is the Rudy Tomjanovich Award. He, he, Learned a lot of lessons watching him deal with the media and how patient he was uh, with the media, even though there may have been a question or two that at a particular time uh, he didn't appreciate, but he'd never show it. Uh, so learned a lot there. Uh, Rudy is a, uh, is a continuous learner, uh, naturally curious. So everything that we did from player to procurement to strategy, tactics, health performance, uh, how we dealt with the other teams in the league, how we dealt with the officials, the league itself. He would always ask why, and he was always trying to get to a best practice. So there's a lot of people around the league that are quite indebted to him uh, and their, their careers, and I'm certainly one of them. And while it was long overdue, like you mentioned, uh, it was going to happen. So uh, Rudy's been someone that's been very special for me and my family. And, and we, we really look forward to uh, being there at the celebration with him. Tim Duncan is also part of that induction class. And so I got five years with Tim to ride his coattails as well. So I'll be really excited. And it's supposedly the greatest Hall of Fame class of all time. Um, you know, uh, I, I don't know about that, but that's what 
media types are saying. So uh, to see Kobe honored, especially uh, with his passing, I'm sure will be quite special uh, for NBA people all around the world. So we look forward to partake, partaking in the festivities. Well, we're looking forward to it and couldn't happen to a better person, Rudy Tomjanovich. He, from the video room, from coaching in college to the executive vice president of the Utah Jazz, Dennis Lindsay. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us on Round Ball Roundup. Thanks, guys. Happy holidays. Thank you.